verse of passage of scripture I was, has been on my heart for our church and uh, selfishly for, for myself and my family. <clears throat> but then I was reminded of it as, as Adavi led us in worship this morning, but it's, it is uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And at uh, beginning with verse 7. And going through verse 10, I'm going to read it to you out of the NIV, but it says this. It says, I just love the way this starts. Um, but it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Because if it were from us, we wouldn't be able to handle it. We wouldn't be able to handle the things that you just prayed over for us, Adavi, when you were leading us in worship. We wouldn't, those individual things that, that families are going through, we wouldn't be able to do it, right? But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And then it goes on to say, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. I love that. Isn't that good? So we're going to try this. just talk to you a little bit. My wife now has pneumonia and flu, and so she's at home in bed. So um, we just add it to the list <laughs> and keep fighting, right? So, this week I was reminded of uh, how often that my, that my grandmother prayed for me over, over the years. And remember, as I've told you this, growing up as a, as a kid and being with her and, and uh, listening to her before she went to bed pray for every single person in her life and then waking up the next morning and doing the same thing and I've often thought about I, I'll, I'll confess to you as your pastor I don't do that every night you know and you may be thinking oh well you didn't learn much from your grandmother Thank <sighs> you. 
that's kind of a, 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 whole, a whole other lesson sometime. But, um, but I, I do it sometimes. But then I often think, what would happen if I did it like she did it? What would happen if we did it like she did it? Because I would venture to say I'm not the only one in this room that doesn't, the prayer life doesn't look like that, right? If we were, if we were honest. I mean, as Christians, we want, we want each other to think that we're prayer warriors and, you know, and, and when we say that we're going to pray for you, um, we, we, we mean that we're, we're, we have a direct connection with the Father and we're going to be a prayer warrior and we're going to, we're going to pray for you like no other. I'm not saying when you say that you're going to pray for somebody that you don't really do it. We do it, right? But what if we did it like that? And you all know people like that. You know, it's, I mean, it's, I'm not saying my grandmother is the only person in the world that did that by far. I just think as a, as a church, not this church, but as a global church, we've gotten away from that. Maybe in our quest for to be relevant, somewhere we crossed the threshold of thinking prayer wasn't relevant. I don't know. I told you it was going to be conversational. It's okay, right? I've been thinking a lot about that and... Um, as we've crossed over the timeline of the calendar and entered 2020, which reminds me, I, I read something that uh, when, you, when you sign the date now on a, on a legal document or something that you should put 2020 and not just 20, that somebody could, you know, add to that or do something with that. But I'm thinking, you know, that's, uh, it could have done that with anything, right? But, so I found myself every time I sign a check, I write 2020, you know, and not just 20. I don't know. That was totally irrelevant, but it's kind of how my mind works. Um, I just want to share just a few things, and then, and then we're going to we're going to spend, I said, a great deal of our time. Uh, we have a lot to, I just feel like we have a lot to pray about. Um, and there is a, there's a couple devotionals that, that God had led me to. And I want to share them with you. The first one is, Based on John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Um, I've, had to, I've had conversations with my heart recently. You know, where I've, I've, had, to, uh, I've had to say... So before you start thinking, wow, we have a weird pastor. He talks to his heart. 
I've had to say to my, my own heart, don't be troubled. You know, because I, I have, uh, unfortunately, at age 24, Logan, <laughs> I have a heart doctor. <laughs> and he has said to me, try to avoid worry and anxiety. <laughs> and I'm like, do you know what I do? Of course he does. I've told him. And he said, try to worry about, try, try not to worry, try not to get overwhelmed by worry and anxiety and, and, and try your best not to get sick. I'm like, okay, you know, anything else you want to add to the list? So I've, I've had conversations with my heart and I've said, don't, don't be troubled. Let's, let's get through this. Um, and I, I got to tell you, like, I, I, your phone calls, your text messages, your, your emails, um, however else you communicate, your, your, your cards through snail mail, as I call it, um, have, have gotten us through the past couple weeks. Every time we read a text, that's encouraging and says, hey, you know, this is so-and-so and, and we're praying for you. It means the world. Every time we go to the mail and, uh, and we open up a card and there's a handwritten note that says, you got this, but what you need to know is we're praying for you. Or every time there's a, there's a phone call and, and on and on, you get, you get the message, right? It's powerful. It's powerful, and we would have not, I would have not been able to, to go through this, in particular, this last week or two uh, without that. So I've had to say, heart, don't be overwhelmed, don't be, troubled, don't, don't be troubled. And uh, this devotional says, goes, it goes on to say, worry, uh, said Vance Havner, is like sitting in a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. That's good, isn't it? Worry and anxiety have hounded the human race since the beginning of time, and modern man with all his innovations has yet to find the cure for the plague of worry. What is the answer? Imagine in your mind a ferocious ocean storm beating against a rocky shore. The lightning flashes, the thunder roars, the waves lash upon the rocks. But then imagine that you see a crevice in the rocky cliff, and inside there's a little bird and its head serenely tucked under its wing, fast asleep. It knows the rock will protect it. And so it sleeps in peace through the storm. God promised Moses in Exodus 33, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand. That is so good, isn't it? That is so good. Did you hear that? I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand. That's God's promise to us. 
This is my favorite daily devotional book, and every once in a while I stumble on something profound. This was written by Dr. Billy Graham. That is God's promise to us. How often we forget that. Right? Christ is our rock and we are secure in his hands forever. The storm may rage, but our hearts can be at rest. God tells his people not to worry because worrying never worked out anything. Nothing has ever come to be or not to be because someone worried. You can rest easy to, when you know that God is at work in your life. I love this. I think this is probably one of my all-time favorite writings of Billy Graham. And he wrote a lot and it's short and simple, but it's a wonderful reminder of where God wants us to be in the cleft of the rock covered by his hand. As, I, as we cross the, the, I don't want to take too much time because I want to allow some, some time for, for our prayer time, and if we don't get finished, we'll continue this. Um, one of the things that, uh, that I have been thinking about as we cross the, the calendar into 2020, uh, I'm always thinking ahead, and, and I'm always uh, seeking after God's vision for my life and for the life of, of, the, of His church and where he would want us to be. I always want to know what his plan is. I'm impatient, and I, you know, and I, I claim Jeremiah 29, 11, when he says, I, I, I know the plans I have for you. And, and I'm like, okay, I want to know it, and I want to know it now. What is the plan? And he doesn't always respond to that, does he? Um... So it leads me to continue to pray for our church and pray for, for you. And I, and I try to pray for you by name daily. I try to live my life in a conversation of prayer. Here's where I differ from my grand, My grandmother set aside times, and, and I'm not, I, I, that's fantastic. And I haven't been able to do that in my life. I've tried to live my life in a conversation of prayer meaning I continually talk to God. My grandmother spent the first hour of, of her day on her knees praying and the last hour of her day on her knees praying. And she set a wonderful example for me and for all of, and, and she left a wonderful legacy. And so I'm not telling you that you need, that you have to pray like that, but I'm telling you, you have to pray. Because if that's an element that's been left out of your relationship with Christ, then I'm going to tell you you're not in a relationship with Christ. Okay? Because it's the most important thing we do. 
And you may say, well, what do you mean by living a, a conversation, a prayer? It just means that everywhere I go, whether I'm in the car or I'm at home or I'm, whatever I'm doing, I try to have this open conversation. You know, I do a lot in the car. You know, when I'm driving and, 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 and some of you will come to mind and I just begin to pray. And then I include in that prayer that no one sees me talking to myself as I'm driving or I'm stopped at a traffic light. <laughs> I jotted down some things that this, um, in this passage of scripture that is in your bulletin today that says I'm about to do something new. So I, I thought, I've been thinking to myself, what's that mean for us? What, what, what does that mean for us as a, as a body, as a church family? Well, uh, here's some things that I jotted down. It, needs, it, it, it means that we need to be involved. Without your involvement, there's nothing to build on. Would you agree? I mean, we have to have a foundation, and, and I can't be the foundation. Pastor James can't be the foundation. We, we can't just, it can't just be us to be the foundation. I'm not, I'm not coming down, I'm just, these are things that God just brought to my mind and my heart that I've been praying over. And these are like, most of them are just one word things that he just gave me. And I jotted them down. We have to be involved. And for you that are here today, and you see people that should be here, that are not here, but you see them once every four or five weeks, then you should call them, and you should say, you need to be involved. You know, I'm not trying to stalk you, but you need to be involved. And you can't be involved if you're not here. And I understand that, trust me, I, I, life happens, and I get, I'm not talking about getting sick and, you know, and having the flu or, or that. I, I'm just talking about your, your regular pattern with your relationship with Christ. If your pattern is to be part of the church family once every six weeks, I don't, I don't know about that. And, and I get people who say, well, I don't have to go to church to, be, to, to make it to heaven. I'm, you know, I'm not a theologian. You know, I've never professed to be. I'm just me, somebody that God called to minister and to teach and, 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 and felt unworthy and, and still feels unworthy. And I, and I think that, wow, you, why do you want me here? And he always reminds me, of the why. I've searched the scripture over this because of conversations I've had with people over the course of my ministry who, who will argue that, well, I don't have to go to church. You know, my church is out in the woods in a tree stand. <laughs> really? I don't see that in the scripture. And please, I'm, I'm not coming down on anyone in particular, any, any one of you. I'm just saying, I'm just, these are random thoughts from your pastor. 
All right? I've searched, I've searched this because of conversations people have had with me. I can't find anywhere in the Scripture where it says people did not come together. Read about the New Testament church. They, uh, they came together. It said nothing about going alone out in the woods. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the, it's not my job to judge. I will tell you that as your pastor, I acknowledge that. I don't judge any of you. And hopefully you know that. You know that the one thing I learned from my grams is to love unconditionally. Because she loved everyone. I'm telling you, I, I have some, I have some, I've done some, I've made some bad choices in my life. You know, I, I mean, I never ended up in prison, so not that bad, okay? I didn't falsify my resume, okay? <laughs> but I've had, I have some cousins that, that I'm really close with that made some worse choices than me. That caused my grandmother to, to make a trek once a month to go see them. But she did. But, and she did. And once a month, she made a three-hour drive. Why? Because she loved unconditionally. And she didn't care what the offense was. She wanted, she wanted us to know that no matter what we did, that God still loved us and she still loved us. And never once did she back down from telling us that, that, that we needed to change our life. And we needed to make restitution and we needed to seek redemption. So I'm not saying that she avoided all that conversation because she didn't. I'm just saying she continued to love. God continues to love. It's not my job to judge you. It's my job to love you. So I can't tell you the answer to that. I don't, I don't know. But I can tell you what I read. And what I read is that we come together. We need to be involved. You know, when I look at this room, I, I love you all. But when I look at this room, I, 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 I counted 72 here today. We collectively, and I'm talking about myself, we should be ashamed. Okay? I'm just telling you, I'll, I, I'll bear that burden. We had 166 on Christmas Sunday. Now I know, and you may say, well, it was about the kids. I get it, but if they come to see the kids, they, could, they should come to see their Lord. Yeah. Amen? They should come to be with God's people. Every week, whether the kids are performing or not. I mean, I see, if I see 166 people, those 166 should be here every single week, barring some illness or, you know, you know, I, I understand life, right? But there certainly should be more than 72. Would you agree? Our potential and our capacity is so much greater than that. Why? Because we serve a great God. And he wants this. We need to be involved. I'm going to speed this thing up, all right? Or else we're going to continue another time. 
We need to be givers. We need to be givers. I'm going to tell you, oh my goodness, I'm going to run out of time. I'm going to tell you this before I forget, and then I want to tell you this story, and then we're going to, I think we're going to stop, and I'm going to continue this. I, I need to tell you this, is that um, I, I, I have been directed by uh, our district superintendent and then reinforced by your board that I need to take some time off. Um, so I wanted to let you know that. What that's going to look like, I'm not sure because I have a hard time with that. Um, so um, doesn't mean I'm going anywhere. Doesn't mean you're going to see a, a U-Haul truck backed up to my garage and we're going to sneak out in the middle. And that's not what it means. But for my own emotional health and physical health, um, our district superintendent says he wants me to, to kind of take some time and just focus on my family, on my daughter. And um, so I'm going to try to do that <laughs> um, as much as I can. For the next two weeks, we're going to be in the, our, my, our daughter's going to be in the hospital um, undergoing some tests and she's having some, some problems, some health issues. And so uh, we'll be in Akron, at Akron Children's Hospital. Um, so be praying for us. Uh, for that, and uh, we'll be we'll be staying there. Um, I'm going to stay involved in in leadership. I'm not going to I'm not going to allow the ship to to go without someone at the helm. So uh, I have told Don, who serves as our office administrator, that that she and I will. We'll, we'll meet once a week so that I will stay active and involved in the leadership of the church. And that's why I'm here today. And I'm telling you some of these things that we're going to be pursuing. All right. What it does is it, it takes for temporarily, it takes the writing part, uh, the, the research and the writing part off my plate and the teaching part and how it's going to work. Pastor James and Pastor Mike Norris are going to alternate for a while, and this will be uh, personal and medical leave. Um, so um, we, we covet your prayer. And, and so I, I, I will still, still be involved. Uh, we, we have a wedding that's coming up in February, uh, so that I'll be doing. Um, we have some things going on with, with things that we're in need of that that uh, people that are running ministries know how to get a hold of me, and we're going to continue to meet. We're going to continue to address the sound issue that we have and those kinds of things. But I'm telling you this as your pastor, just the, what, what you can do for me, what you can do for us is just continue to go to the Father for us. And um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to tell you that before um, we got off. So we need to be givers. I'm going to challenge, and I don't know what this is going to look like. You're going to get a letter. Everybody who attends our church is going to get a letter from me in the next uh, probably two to three weeks uh, the, addressing some of these things. So to include those people that you don't see today, that everybody's going to get the same, the same letter. But uh, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to tell this story real quick. You guys know, everybody knows Robert Harris, right? Passed away recently, and, and, and I did his funeral, and... Um, 
oh my goodness, that guy was, well, he was an influencer in so many ways that I'm afraid you, you, that you weren't even aware of, about, you know, and you knew what we were aware of was his physical problems, right? And so we knew that uh, he was an amputee. We knew that then, then he, had, uh, he, was, he had his second leg removed. And, and we knew that he struggled and he ended his life in, in a care center. And, and I, I spent some time with him. And I went to him and I cannot tell you how positive that man was. And when I went to spend time with him and, and, and shared a devotional with him, I prayed with him and we talked. And, you know, the only thing he talked about was getting back here was getting back home and coming to church. And I look at him laying in that bed, and I'm like, man, if we all had that attitude, there would certainly be more than 72 people here today, right? And did you know that that guy was a faithful, faithful giver? I usually don't say this about people because I don't even I don't I don't even know unless I have to determine in regards to someone serving in a, in a leadership position. I, I don't know who gives and, and necessarily and who gives what and you know and as far as tithing goes, but I'm telling you what that guy was a faithful biblical tither, whether he whether he was here in attendance or not. You all know the, the, uh, the Pittenger family. Brenda and Deb Pittenger. Well, for health reasons, they, they can't make the drive here all the time, but they consider this their, their church. They're faithful, biblical tithers. You may be saying, well, why are you telling me that? Because we have to be givers. And if, 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 if someone like Robert Harris, who's going through all of these, I mean, he could have easily said, I just can't make the effort anymore to write that check out. I got too much going. He would have had a perfect excuse, right? No one would have blamed him, right? We would have all said, hey, we understand. Life is tough. He never did that. He never did that. He wrote that check out and he gave up until the very last month of life. I'm going to be challenging you that, that if, you're not, if you're not a giver in that capacity, I'm going to challenge you to become one. Amen. I'm going to challenge you to become one. And I don't care how much, even if it's a little. Because what you're doing is, is you're missing out on the blessings that God has for you. I'm even going to challenge you if you're already a tither. I'm going to, uh, if you're not a tither, I'm going to challenge you to, to, to give. If you are, I'm going to challenge you to give more. What do you mean by that, Pastor Brad? Well, I'm, I'm meaning, uh, you know, how many of you, when you go through a, uh, anybody ever gro go through a grocery line or a, a line at a retail store and you're asked the question, right? Would you like to round up for whatever, right? Well, I just do that most of the time because, it, you know, it's a few cents and it sounds like a good cause. So if you're a giver, what, ha what would happen if we rounded up for God? 
Amen. What if, if, we have, if we've calculated that 10% and it comes out to, you know, I don't know, uh, 143.69, <laughs> what's another penny? 143.70 or, or 144, right? I never talk about money, right? Do you ever hear me talk like this? I'm just saying it's part of this, of who we need to become. It's just one of those things. Um, we're going to stop now. And I'm going to figure out a time to finish this. Here's a, here's a thing that I'm in the process of doing. Is, uh, I'm in the process of, and, and I've already asked some of you, you know who you are, um, but I'm in the process of creating a uh, 2020 vision team. You get that? 2020 vision. It's not original, okay? <laughs> Probably some of you have already seen it for one organization or another, everybody taking advantage of 2020, right? But I just, in, in this time that I've spent with God in, in my prayer life, and, and as he's revealed these words to me that I need to talk to you about, this is one. And so what's that going to look like as we put that team together? That team is, it looks like that we're, we're going to meet once a month, and we're going to create uh, a vision. We're going to try to pursue and understand what God's plan is for each ministry of, of this church. And we're going to uncloud our eyes. We're going to look at it with 2020 vision, and we're going to meet once a month for the year 2020. That's 12 times. And by the end of the year, we'll be able to, to cast that, that vision of what God wants for us in moving forward. So we're going to look at everything. We're starting with children clear up through senior adults. So you see, I, already I'm having a hard time to, uh, of, of stepping back. But because I say I'm, 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 I'm taking a, a, some time off, please in no way, shape, or form am I encouraging you to take time off. Just the opposite. All right? Just the opposite. I'm asking you to band together and to come together and, and to, to, to support Pastor James and Pastor Mike, and both of them love this church dearly. And you say, well, I, Pastor Mike Norris, how could he love this church? He was here at a critical time. He was here at a critical time for about 10 months. So when I say he loves this church, I know because I've talked to him, he loves this church. That's why we've asked him. So I'm asking you to, 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 to take this 72 and multiply it, to get on the phone, to send cards, to send letters, to send texts, to send emails, and, and to challenge people to get here and to be here and to be a part of what God wants to do here. And we're going to try to create and cast this 2020 vision. The other thing you can look forward to is that in, in the next few weeks, I don't know if it'll be upon my return or if it'll be before that, but we have, we have a life group that meets here on Wednesday nights, and I'm going to challenge you to be a part of that. That's a great, that's a great group that starts at 6.30 on Wednesday nights. I'm going to challenge you to come and be a part of that. Um, 
and, you know, and if you're saying, well, that's just not my cup of tea, or, you know, and, I, and, and Jim, you lead that group, I'm sure that things are said because you lead that group, things are said about you that get said about the pastor. That, well, I just don't like what he's doing right now, you know. I don't like, I don't like that series, or I don't, and so I'm just going to stay away, you know. <laughs> That's not a prepared heart. You know, we should have 72 in that group. You guys would be all crunched together in there, though, sitting on top of one another. <laughs> you just might have to move it in here. But beginning very soon, and you'll hear about a start date. I'm going to ask you to come 30 minutes early. The sanctuary is going to be open for prayer from 6 to 6.30. There will be no particular format. Um, uh, there, there may be uh, something similar to what you're going you're gonna to hear today as, you go, as, you, as we close out together and go around those, these prayer stations um, to pray for specific things. But we're just asking... We're just asking you to round up your time. You know, you can round up your money, but you can also round up your time, right? And so if you're coming at 6.30, all we're saying is come 30 minutes early. We have plenty. As you're going to find out in a minute, we have plenty to pray about, right? And so the sanctuary is going to be open for you to come in and to, and to just pray. For whatever. Those are just a few things. I have more on my list, but I'm going to stop. Is that fair enough? I'm going to stop to be continued. I don't get to do this very often where I just sit down and, and, and we just have a conversation. You just get to hear from my heart. You know, here's how I know God's still on the throne and God's still working through all of this, all the mess of our life, Right? is that two, two young ladies came in today and, um, and I, told, I had a conversation with them. I told them, you know, I, I just think you're here for a purpose. I think you're here for a reason. I think God called you to be here today. And I'm not going to call them out because that would just be dumb on my part, but I'm going to ask you to seek them out before you leave today. Shouldn't be too hard, but I want you to give them an encouraging word and let them know that you're glad they're here and you want them to be a part of this family. That's how I know God's... They just randomly showed up. And then they found out that their, their neighbors attend here now. That's, that's just a God thing, people. God's still alive and on the throne. He's still working through the messes that we create. You may feel like your life is a total wreck right now whether it's yourself or whether it's something connected to your life. God still has you. And you have the opportunity to get in the cleft of the rock and be sheltered by his hand. And rest in him as the storm rages on. Amen. The storm is raging in my life. 
I'll just be honest with you. You know, I've had pastors say to me during the course of my ministry, don't ever share about your personal life with your church. Don't ever let them know that you're, you know, I'm not wired that way. I mean, if I led like that, you'd never know how to pray for me. I'm no different or better than you are. I'm just called to do this, just like many of you are called to do what you do. I absolutely... I absolutely love being your pastor. I love my family. I love my Lord, and I love being your pastor. So, we're going to close now. And here's how we're going to do it. I know I went over. You guys probably knew that was coming, right? share one more thing with you before we we start this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask John and Joan if you would go to that back station over there, that prayer station. You guys see the altars. And if someone help them, if they need to slide a couple chairs behind the altar. And then I'm going to ask Troy and Adria, would you guys lead this this one up here? And again, if you need a couple chairs, take those. And then uh, Brenda Uh, if you would be in the back corner and these are our leaders and Jim and Kathy if you'd like to join them if you'd be in this corner and you all have the the prayer sheet that I gave you Um, looking into the future Romans 12 15 says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep Jesus ate with publicans and sinners Nearly everyone he associated with was an outcast. You knew that, right? But, li- but listen to this. But his relationship with them was not purely social. It was redemptive. Sometimes I think we get confused. That, that We love to hear that story that Jesus hung out with sinners. You know, and we preach that all the time. We pastors, we, pre- we love to convey that message. And sometimes we convey the message that we think that this was like something that, you know, that Jesus just ran with sinners all the time and he just, and he, and he adopted their lifestyle and he just hung out and they were like besties, you know? His relationship with them was not purely social, it was redemptive. And we must not get our worlds mixed up at this point. God meant that we are not to mingle with the world and be polluted by the world, but we are to witness to the world. We are to weep with those who weep, suffer with those who suffer, and identify ourselves with the poor, the sick, the needy in mind, body, and spirit. How else can we reach them for Christ? We are to love those who are involved in the world without being contaminated, influenced, or swayed by them, and we achieve this distinction only by a close walk with Christ himself. We are not to be in the world. We, we, we are to be in the world, sorry. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. 
It is good for a ship to be in the sea, but bad when the sea gets into the ship. We are not to avoid the world. We are to engage it with godly purpose. How are we to proclaim freedom to the captive except to meet them in their captivity? The best part of this thought was that his relationship with them was not purely social, but it was redemptive. I love that line. And as I look into the future for us, that's what I want for us. Be in the world, certainly, but don't be of it. Be different. Be a person that other people look at and say, I want what they have. I think I kind of want that. So, here's what I like. You see the, the groups, I, I, and I know we're over, and I, I kind of apologize for that, but not really. <laughs> I want you to visit each, each station before you leave. Would you do that for me? It'll take a few minutes. I get it. But would you show that? Just make that commitment. Pastor James and I are going to be up front together, and we're going to, we're going to lead you in, in prayer for the church. Every, every station has something different. And I encourage you that if there's something on your mind or your heart that you need prayer for, and it's not at one of the stations, please let them know. Okay? That's the, that's the only way we know. All right? Fair enough? All right. When you finished, you're dismissed. Just go. All right? Go with God. Know that he loves you. He loves you so much he gave his only son for you. And he doesn't care what mess you're involved in right now. He just wants to love you. And find those two young ladies and give them a hug, would you? All right. Lee, are we ready back there? Can we start? Okay, let's go. You can go uh, any station. Um, and I'll just say a, a quick prayer. Father, as we leave here in a few minutes, would you go with us? Would you lead us and not forsake us? We know that. We claim that. Would you continue to guide and to love each person, each home, each mess that's in this place? We love you, and we love what you're doing in our lives, and we love what you're doing in the life of your church. And all of God's people said... Amen.